Well, I hope it's sunny wherever you are. Uh, promised a, a fair bit over here in Mayo today, but I'm not sure it's really looking up to it or living up to it. It's looking fairly grim outside, but never mind. You have the NCBI Labs crew here to liven up your afternoon. You're very welcome to another NCBI Labs live event. And if we can't manage to liven up your afternoon, well, hopefully the technology will be able to do it instead particularly a little bit later on, we're going to be looking at accessible gaming today. Now, if you have a bit of an interest in gaming already, maybe you've wondered before if there are games that are really accessible. Well, we'll be talking about that a little bit later on with Sean Dorn along with the rest of the panel as well. And we'll be playing a demonstration of an audio game called Ear Hockey just to give you a bit of a taste of what's available. So stick around for that just a little bit later on. As well as that, we're going to look at a mobile phone that maybe strikes the right balance for you if you've used a mobile phone before that has tactile buttons, physical buttons, and you've kind of gotten used to that. Um, with so many smartphones, touch screens at the moment, it might be hard to find a suitable phone. Well, if you're looking for one with buttons, maybe the Cat B35 phone is the one for you. Uh, it's not the easiest to get your hands on, but it could be worth the effort. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. And as part of that discussion, our guest NCBI Labs technology trainer, Derek Carlan, who's with us this week as well, he's prepared an introductory video to give a bit of an overview of the features of the Cat B35. And of course, we have our usual panel with us as well this week. We're back to a, a full complement this week. We have Sean, JP, Daniel and myself to get us through the, the show as well. So we're looking forward to the show ahead. Just a reminder that if you have any comments or questions, please do send them in and we'll do our best to include them in the show here if we can. If not, we'll make sure somebody gets back to you with an answer. So if you want to send through a comment or a question, you can email labs at ncbi.ie or you can use the question panel just to the right of the screen there. If you're logging into Teams, you can use the question panel there and send us in a question. And of course, if you'd like to support our services so that we can continue to provide services to those who are blind or vision impaired, you can do that by visiting donate.ncbi.ie. That's donate ncbi.ie or if you'd like to sponsor one of our live events well you can do that as well by contacting labs at ncbi.ie and that can help to keep our live events going. Now before we kick off with the discussion of the CAP B35 phone we just want to mention that if, if you were waiting to catch last week's live event on YouTube or anywhere else there's been a little bit of a delay just getting that available, so apologies for that, but that'll be remedied shortly. And last week's event was definitely one that's worth a catch up. It's worth a listen again, if you, even if you caught it live last week. We talked a little bit about navigation and mobility technology with Chantelle Smith, and particularly the Soundscape app. That was one that we looked into quite a bit last week, which hopefully we'll be seeing in, in Ireland in the not too distant future. Certainly one to, to watch out for. Now, we didn't have the full panel on last week, so maybe I could just get a little bit of sort of a, a reaction to that piece last week. Um, could I ask the panel, just what, what are your overall impressions of Soundscape after we discussed that a little bit last week? What do you make of it? I think I think it's a very, very interesting app. I think, I think it's very 
it's going to be very useful. But I think I think it's probably stressed last week that um, it's an app that's to be used in conjunction with your mobility skills and training, and not as a replacement. Mm. So it's going to augment skills that you already have, and I think that's going to be very, very, very useful. Yeah. I think that, that I think that's one of the key things I take away from it. Like I, I have tried the app, I have tested it, mm. and uh, the, the beacon technology in it is is great. And I I was lucky enough to try it with um a pair of Bose Alto frames, sort of their their sunglasses with uh, speakers built into them. So yeah. it had uh, that augmented reality sound where when when the beacon was uh for wherever location I picked, I could really get the direction of where that beacon was coming from. So if I was using my O&M skills and I was walking down the street and I was listening to that app, obviously you'd be using your cane training or your dog training or any training you had, but I'd be getting good audio feedback of the direction I was going in and, and other cues to augment the skills I already have. So I think it's quite a good development in that, in that app. But I, th I think it is quite important that, you know, it, it augments what you already have rather than, you know, this is going to give you a skill. You have to still learn the skill yourself and just use that to improve it. Yeah, very good. It's a really interesting kind of innovative technology and something that, as you say, can be added to to uh, techniques or, or the kind of aids that people already use. Um, but it, it's great to be able to to be kind of in this time where we're getting some of these innovative technologies through that can really add to those uh, things that people previously had. Really useful app. Um, so we'd say if you haven't had a chance to listen to it already, do listen to it when it gets up onto the YouTube channel there or the podcast as well on an array of different platforms. You'll be able to catch up with that. So uh, you'll be able to find out what we're talking about if you missed the, the show last week. Very good, but now we're going to move on to the first of today's subjects. The Cat B35 mobile phone. Now it's quite a useful phone if you want some of the functionality of a, a smartphone along with having the physical tactile keypad as well. And probably the best place to start with this is maybe just a video introduction of the phone. This was prepared by NCBI Labs trainer Derek Carolan. And just afterwards, we'll have a chance to chat with Derek and the rest of our panel as well. We'll have a little bit more of an opportunity to uh, discuss the uh, availability of, of the phone and the kind of pricing of the phone as well. The following is an instruction to the CAT B35 mobile phone. The CAT B35 mobile phone has some features that may be of interest to somebody who is blind or visually impaired. These features include the CAT B35 is a traditional type phone, as in that it has buttons that you can press. Uh, it's not a touchscreen phone. It also has a readout function built into it. So as you move through different menus on the screen, your recently call list or a text message, it will read out what's happening on the screen. Also, it has built-in features like a smartphone such as Google Assist that allows you to press a button and ask Google to call somebody in your contacts or just to ask a general Google question. To get started, I'll just describe the phone. The phone itself is about the same size as a standard phone, so it's just about five and a half inches long and about two and a half inches wide. Um, the front panel of the phone is divided into three sections. So the top section is your screen, so it's about a 2.4 inch screen. The bottom third of it is where your numbers are that you can physically press. And then in the middle section, 
just above the numbers and between the screen is is your kind of control area where you have your, your button to answer a call, your button to switch on and off the phone. Uh, you have what they call left soft key buttons and right soft key buttons. And basically they're buttons whose functionality changes depending on what you're doing. So if you're in a text message, they might have one functionality. If you're on a call, they may have another functionality. So if you have the readout function enabled on the phone, it will, the phone will read out and tell you what these functions are depending on where you are. Okay, so we'll go into a bit more detail on all those little buttons in a few minutes. Just to describe what else is on the phone, on the top of the phone, there is a little light or a torch, maybe useful. On the left-hand side of the phone, there's a little panel, and in there, there's the option for a dual SIM, or you can put in an SD card in there if you want to increase your memory on the phone. At the bottom of the phone, there is your headphone jack, and also your micro USB option for charging the phone. So that's all stored down there at the bottom. And then on the back, you have a two megapixel camera. Okay, so there's only one camera on the back of this phone. Okay, the phone itself is encased in a very rugged protective shell. So it's a quite durable phone and quite strong phone. So if you drop it, you shouldn't have any fear of breaking it. And it's also waterproof as well. Okay, so that's quite good. So just to go back to the front panel again of the phone. So if I start at the bottom, so remember I said the bottom third section of the phone is just your numbers. So starting off on the bottom left hand side, we have your star symbol. In the center, you have your zero. And on the right hand side, you have your hash key, okay, or your number key. Then on the left hand side, we have the number seven, eight and nine. So that's the second row up from the bottom. So start from the left hand side, seven, eight and nine. Back against the left hand side over the number seven, we have the four, the five and the six. And the number five has two little raised markers on it, just to make it stand out a little bit when you're you're rubbing your finger over it if you cannot see it. Two little raised markers there. Okay. Then the last row of keys over the number four, the start on the left hand side, you have one, two, and three. So those numbers are laid out in the standard format uh, that you get on most traditional phones with raised buttons that you can press to dial in numbers. So moving on to the main area, the control panel area. So on the left hand side, just above where the number one is, we have a little green button with a green little phone on it. And uh, that's to answer calls. And then way over on the right hand side, over the number three, we have a red little button and that's to hang up a call or indeed to switch on or switch off the phone. Okay, directly above the green little button on the left hand side is the first of these left soft keys that I mentioned earlier on. And just remember that their functionality will change depending on where you are in your phone. So if you're in messages, they will refer to message commands you can do. If you're in a call, they'll refer to a call command. So we'll see that as we move through in a few seconds. And then over on the right hand side, we have the right soft key button. And once again, the same as the left, that'll change depending on where you are. In the middle of those, okay, there is like a little joystick. Okay, so a little joystick. So there's options to go left, left, right, up and down. Okay, and bang in the middle is the little menu button. Okay, so that brings you to your menu. So if you want to go to your menu and go down to settings or call log or text messages or anything like that, 
pressing that little button there brings you into the menu options and then you can the little part of the button underneath it is the down arrow that brings you down through the menu or the one above it brings you up through the menu so it's like a little joystick so cursor keys that kind of go up down left and right this middle button also doubles up if you keep a long press on it it'll bring you into your google assist option where you can press it a second time once again to google assist and then you can ask google questions or get it to call somebody on your phone or maybe do a text message so that's the layout of the phone okay so the bottom third is your numbers this center section is the control panel so on the left hand side you have the answer button on the right hand side you have the hang up button above those you have a left soft key and a right soft key whose functionality changes and in the middle you have kind of an all-in-one like joystick type button where you have a center button that allows you into menus and once you get into menus if you just slide above us you can move up through the menu down through the menu or sometimes some of the menus have left and right options and then just above all those is your 2.4 inch screen so to get started i'm just going to switch on this phone um, so i'll just press the button here and we'll get it to switch on so over on the right hand side i'm just pressing the button above the number three and the phone kind of vibrates when i press it for a few seconds and switches on and because it's a cat mobile phone uh, cat is short for caterpillar you can kind of hear an engine sounds turning on there so you know the phone is switching on now this phone runs on the Kai OS operating system, so that gives this phone access to a number of apps which include Google Maps, YouTube, Facebook, Google Assist and so on. Uh, the phone itself, I suppose to talk technical about it, it's got about 4 gigabytes of storage and about 512 megabytes of RAM. Now one of the things I find about the phone is it's a little bit sluggish when you start it off, so it does take a good minute, good minute plus for it to kick in. So the phone is switched on now. So what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try to go into the menus and let you hear the voice and how it works. So to get into one of the menus, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come up from the bottom of the phone along the, the, the center line of numbers. So starting off at zero, eight, five, two, and up onto my joystick. And in the center, I have a little button there, the, the menu button, so if I press that, it brings me into the menu and you might have heard a little beep there so if i press the down arrow key all apps contacts okay if i press it again store messages google camera calendar browser clock okay so all i'm doing is pressing the down arrow key and as i said down okay, arrow key select right soft key options so all i was doing there was pressing the down arrow key to move through the menu and when i once i stopped over it read aloud kicked on then and told me what the right soft key does or what the center key does here or the left one does as i move through it email music gallery so these are all the different apps and fun FM radio. functionalities that are on the phone OK key, select, write soft key, options. OK, so the OK button, OK key is this middle one that I've been using to get into the menus. That's to select the radio if I want. And then if I want further options on FM radio, I can press the right soft key, which is on the right hand side, just over the uh, two keys above the number three. So that's where 
that is. So I'm going to come out of these menus. So I'm just going to press the key over the red or over the number three, which is the uh, the hang up key, or it'll bring me back as the menu. Okay. Grant. Left soft key. Notifications. OK key. Icon equals all apps. Right soft key. Contacts. OK, so once again, the phone comes back and the readout function tells me that on the left hand side, if I press the uh, the left hand or the left soft key button here, it gives me notices. If I press the menu button here or the OK button, the OK button in the middle, it gives me menu options. Or if I press the right soft key, that gives me contacts. So there are the different options and it reads that out to me. What I'm just going to do is I'm just going to call this phone and just give you an idea of what happens when I call it. Okay, so just hit the button there. So I'll just wait for it to ring out. So hopefully it should call out my name. Okay, so hopefully you can hear us call out Derek Incoming coming there. Selected. Okay, so what? Soft key, notifications, okay key. Icon equals all apps, right soft key, contacts. OK, and that's one of the other kind of little things about the phone is it, it, it kind of a little bit slow to call out the notifications or tell you what the buttons are, but it does repeat it and it does kick in. So you'll probably notice that throughout the demonstration that it'll be talking over me a little bit. OK, so we've got a notification in there. So if I come up here and press the left soft key button. A minute ago. Left soft key, left square bracket object object, right square bracket, OK key, left square bracket object object, right square bracket, right soft. Call log, call Miss Derek, two. OK, so calls us, so just my selected the OK key, call, right soft key, options. So I press the OK key button there, I got the option uh, to go into the missed call and it called out Derek was the missed call. So that just gives you an idea how the readout function works. So I just come back out of that and if I just go into my menu again. All apps. And go down as far as messages. Messages. I'm red, Derek. I'm red. You missed one call from me. The latest at 13.34 on 18th of the 6th, 2020. To reply, just press your call button. Vodafone in touch. 13.34. Okay. So just read out the message and press the down arrow key there. I'm red, 50,227. I'm red. Just a reminder, your top-up offer with unlimited any network calls and texts. 10 gigabyte of data will expire on 8th of the 4th, 2020. And you still have 10 gigabyte of data remaining on your top up offer. To enjoy this offer for another four weeks, simply top okay. up by 20 euros. If I press the day hang up button, the one over the number three on the right hand side, it just brings me back out of that. And if I press it again, it brings me Signal back out of that. So I'm back. Left out. soft key, notifications, OK key. Icon equals all apps, right soft key, contacts. So I'm back out here again at my uh, 
I'm back out here again at my uh, main menu, okay? Uh, so that's the way the readout function works. So as I move through the phone, it will uh, let me know, okay? If I go to dial in a number, let's say I go O. Eight. Six. Okay, see, so it calls out the numbers as I type them in. Left soft key, seven, seven. One, two, three. Okay, so I can do it like that. So it, it will call it out. Left okay. soft key, contacts, okay key, call, right soft key, options. And if I just don't want to call there, I'm just going to press the one over the number three to come back out again. And hang up one, it'll just get me. Clear, seven five. Okay, so I just keep it pressed for a few seconds and it brings me back out again. Left soft key, notifications, okay key. Icon equals all apps, like soft key, contacts. OK, so once again, you see the, the readout function is constantly listing to me what the options are on the screen there. Uh, if I want to use some of the smart features, uh, what I can do is I can try using Google Assist. So what I'm going to do is the little menu button here in the middle of the screen, if I keep that pressed for a second. OK, it brings me into Google Assist. And once I'm in Google Assist, if I press again, call Derek. Calling Derek, mobile. Contacts. Okay, so it's calling me there. So if I want to hang up, I'm just going to press the one over the number three again on the right hand side. So I'm going to press that. Okay. Selected. So that's the Google Assist feature. Left soft key, notifications, OK key, icon equals all apps, right soft key, contacts. OK, so that just, um, once again, it lists out the options for the soft key buttons. That's just a brief introduction to the phone and how it works, OK? The big pluses, it has that readout function. It has the option to uh, use Google Assist, some of the smartphone features. Some of the drawbacks, I suppose, the constant reading out of those notifications on the left and the right hand side of what the soft keys are. And just, it can be a little bit sluggish and slow to kind of read them out once you start up the phone as well. Uh, the phone itself, I suppose it can be bought online. Okay, it was available on the Vodafone, through Vodafone pre-COVID-19. But uh, when I checked there last week, it wasn't available with them. So I'm not sure if they're getting it back into stock or not. Uh, the It is available online. If you have any questions about it, please feel free to contact your local NCBI trainer and we'll be happy to, happy to help you out. The battery life on the phone is quite good. Uh, they reckon it's got 12 hours talk time or 30 days on standby. The battery is very similar to a battery that you find in an iPhone 8, slightly better in fact. Uh, so that's just a brief introduction. Hope you found it a benefit and if you have any questions or queries, please contact NCBI labs at labs at ncbi.ie. Thanks a million. Very good. So that was uh, an overview of the CAT 
B35 mobile phone and uh, our thanks to, to Derek for putting together that uh, really helpful video as well. And maybe we could just have a chat to Derek and the rest of the panel as well uh, at the moment, just about some of those features of the CAT B35. You're very welcome to the show, Derek. Thanks for joining us this week. Hi, Jude. Thanks, William. So just you mentioned, I think, in the, in the uh, video there, and we were talking about it a bit earlier as well, just about the kind of difficulty in terms of getting our hands on a phone like this. How difficult is it? Is it possible to get the get a hold of the Cat B35 in Ireland? And what sort of pricing are we talking about? Yeah, but it is it is quite difficult. Mainly online seems to be the best source to go. So if you just do a quick search for the Cat B35 mobile online, uh, you get a couple of websites popping up with it. The price varies as well slightly. Like uh, pre-COVID there, it was 78 euro. But uh, on some of the sites now in the last few days I've noticed it's 100 euro and 120 euro approximately which still isn't a bad price for the phone for what it does but uh, that, that's more or less the best route of getting it online. Now I suppose what we also need to consider as well is for a phone of that kind of price like the performance of the phone is probably going to match what you pay for it you know so uh, it is very much in, in the budget price range so when it yeah. comes to performance the, for, the performance is kind of a, of a budget level as well you might have noticed there at different stages throughout the demonstration that uh, if I press the button it would take a few seconds for it to react you know and especially yeah. I suppose when I was dialing in the number I was dialing in 087 it actually didn't call out the zero it just just put it, put it in but typed in the ace it just takes that a few seconds just to kick in with the, the readout function but for that price it, it's not a bad phone really and it's uh, structurally built very well I have to say. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Are there things that like some basic smartphones could do that this can't really handle? Like, is it is it actually something that is basically a smartphone with buttons or is it, you know, is is, is it a bit more limited than that? Uh, it, it's very, very much a very entry type level smartphone. OK, it, it is limited because it operates on its own kind of operating system mm. and it has its own kind of app store and all the apps wouldn't be available in that. And we'll say a lot of smartphones nowadays, the, the quality of the camera will be a lot better than than on, on this phone. This phone, uh, it's only got a two uh, megapixel camera compared to some of the other smartphones say it'd be a lot higher than that and I suppose that could be important we'll say based on, on kind of some of the stuff you'd have discovered discussed previously on the uh, on this show in relation to be my eyes or seeing AI like yes. those are apps that you can't really get on this phone at the moment but if you were if you could get them and you're using the camera of a two megapixel quality you know you might be getting the same results as on some of the smartphones this the other smartphones you know so you have to factor I, that I in. Think it's probably, I think it's probably fair to say that um, a phone like this, it's it's not a smartphone and it's not, uh, I suppose, a dumb phone. It's called a, f a feature phone will be, uh, I think is this kind of new term that's emerging for these phones that are, they're not quite up to the smart smartphone market, but they're still much more enhanced than your traditional Nokia from back in the day, the 3220 or something like that. Okay, yeah, very good. And um, you, you were mentioning there a moment ago as well, Derek, the uh, the different kind of off operating system that's on this. So we're not talking about like Android or iOS or something here. Are we? No, no, it, it's got its own operating system, the iOS. Now it's probably some sort of distant relation of, of the Android uh, mm -hmm. operating system, but it's it's very much, I, I suppose. 
the, the, the company itself, Kios, kind of was launched back in, uh, I think it was 2017, okay, and their main aim was to look at feature phones and enhance them because I think since smartphones and touchscreen phones kind of started to kind of develop and evolve back in 2006, and I think the iPhone came out in 2007, these feature phones were kind of left on the shelf and nothing really, there's not real major development with them. So, so what this, this Kios guys are trying to do is develop them and kind of give them some smart features as well as retaining the, the, the buttons on them and uh, just make them easier and cheaper for people to get hold of and use. And if, yeah. I, if, I can if I can just say something there, Jude, because like, um, yeah. KaiOS is an operating system and Caterpillar are using it in this particular model of phone. There's, there's actually hundreds of types of phone using the KaiOS operating system. Nokia yeah. are using it, uh, Alcatel are using it in some of their phones, but the problem is they haven't switched on the screen reader. They have removed that feature oh, while, okay. while, while Caterpillar have left it on. So while we're talking a lot about KaiOS, we'd have to be careful that if someone went out and bought the Nokia one with KaiOS on it, it might not have this, the readout feature on it while we know for sure the cat B35 does. Okay, yeah. So that's that's quite interesting. So as we're kind of talking about this, it, it could sound like either it's just specific to the phone, it's the phone that's special, if you like, um, that it makes the, the readout function work or whatever. It's actually, it is actually the operating system, which also is on other um, devices, but the other devices don't have that feature activated. Is that, have I got it right there? That, no, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's it. Because I, I was I was trying to narrow down which devices had it, and mm. I was contacting KaiOS and the told me the three devices, and this is the only one that you can sort of get in Ireland. And uh, when I was contacting Caterpillar about it, they, I don't even think they realised that the it had a screen reader on it. They had no idea what I was talking about. And, that, and that's why the, the screen reader works well with the phone in terms of going through the, the operating system itself. But if you download third-party apps like Google Maps or WhatsApp, they haven't checked integration for that there. So those apps might not exactly work with the readout feature. While they'll work with the phone, the screen reader might come into um, issues with, with those third-party apps. Yes, yeah. Just as a bit of a follow-up to that, I, I would guess then that if even the manufacturers of the phone don't necessarily know about that feature, I would guess that support for that feature might be a little bit hard to come by, is it? Yeah, that, that's probably why, like as Derek explained there, it's lagging in places and it's reading out things you know, maybe too often, like the soft keys. While if more people were using it and giving feedback, there are things to get refined, like, you know, the very first version of TalkBack or the very first version of VoiceOver, you know, they all had teething problems and this, they continue to get to be improved. But if no one's using this and no one's giving feedback, no one's yes. paying any attention to it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a pity because, uh, like, if we can get some more feedback towards it, like, Kios have kind of partnered with the likes of Doro and, and a couple of other companies, like Nokia, there are some of their headset, handsets, Alcatel as well. So, like, those are kind of large button phones that, that people would have got in the past as well. So, if we could, could tie it all together, you know, you'd have a, a, a nice phone at a reasonable price, you know? Because yeah. the, the, the Nokia phones with Kios are as cheap as, as £40 online. Wow. And have all the same features except for they have disabled the screen reader. Like so, if enough people ask Nokia to turn on the screen reader, you could have a, a Nokia style phone for forty euro with um, because to be as as popular as the Nokia C five was, talks completely shut up shop there two two or three months ago. Yeah. 
Yes. So yeah. while people were sorting um, the phones online, the, the old Nokia C5s, and taking the IMEI number, and we were contacting talks to create a talks that would go on that phone. Yeah. We used to do that up until three or four months ago, and talks have completely sh shut up shop. So that's why we have to look for new that's avenues. And we we know there's the the mini vision phone, which is you know it's it's a similar phone with buttons, and there's the blind shell. It also has buttons for people who who like the tactile feel, but they are slightly more expensive, but they're very very refined. Yeah, and because this is really unknown now in iOS, it's not refined at the minute, and that's that's the issue, and that's the trade up from price. Yes, yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's kind of handy to know. So if you're listening and you like the sound of this phone, you know what to do. <laughs> These other, uh, the other manufacturers of phones that are using KaiOS, I think you mentioned Nokia there particularly, they, if they uh, have enough people, um, if they hear from enough people looking for that same feature. Well, the, the, the Nokia one, uh, the, the, it's, it's, the, it's the slide phone. It looks like the one from the Matrix of people have ever felt one of those phones yeah. or, seen, or seen that movie. It's, it's a pretty nice looking phone but if i know if i was going on holiday or going to a festival and i knew it would have whatsapp on it and it would have net access that's a phone I'd, I'd want to bring there so if i lost it i went well that's 40 euro and rather than losing a 400 euro um smartphone you have a lovely one there the 2720 flip as well um you know, as far as i'm aware i don't have device or the, the screen reader on that either but no. it is a gorgeous looking phone as well um you know and the beauty of it is it has the big buttons um just jerry when you were testing out to be 35 um just looking at the video uh it, it just appeared to me maybe the buttons were a little bit on the small side did you find that you know no no i no, no, i think they're they're fairly they're fairly okay i think as, as buttons go you know they're, they're they're spaced out fairly well so they are uh so there is a little gap between them uh size wise no they're, they're, they're okay they're okay i suppose I've, I've seen larger and i've seen smaller daniel to be honest with you you know so they're kind of the phone the cat beater phone itself is probably like 10 to 15 percent bigger than the nokia c5 overall and it's quite sturdy and rugged you could throw it against the wall and it yeah. would survive yeah, yeah. I, I was i was wondering how you can how you found the, the ruggedness of the phone in terms of obviously it's a bit kind of like kind of heavier sorry your phone but there's advantages as sean mentioned there is you know you could i think you could drop this phone from a height of 1.2 meters it could be in water for 35 minutes yeah um i know it's funny actually i know my own um as a friend of mine who bought this phone and he accidentally left it in his uh, trousers to put it for the trousers in the wash machine and it came out with three missed calls i mean it was, it's really hardy this phone like i mean that's i think that's a really good feature as well so, uh, that's it i i suppose yeah. it's it's caterpillar as well so it's kind of their targets in the construction industry and guys out on sites or out working outside or maybe picking up a phone with wet gloves and being able mm. to get into menus and uh, that idea i suppose the waterproof thing is interesting because they do say it is waterproof but just mm. i suppose just the thing to watch out for is those on the side the panel where the sim is and the bottom part where the uh where you charge it and put in your headphone jack you know if those covers are opened and it falls in water i'm not sure how waterproof yeah. that's a little bit in the yeah. fine print you know but uh structurally like i remember when i took it out first and got it here uh 
like I was just kind of thinking, God, this reminds me of old phones from days gone by. Like, you know, what you, you know, it's in your hand and it's, it's got a yeah. fine cover on it. So if you drop it or if it falls, it's not going to get scratched or broken compared to, let's say, an iPhone that I have here. You're kind of constantly watching it, minding it, you know, making sure it's, it's it doesn't fall, you know. So, yeah, it's definitely very rugged and yeah. strong. I see, I see a question that's just come in there. What What is the model number of the Nokia slide phone? And that's Nokia 8110 so or 8110 probably and the, the, the way they'd say it but we have to stress that that probably doesn't have the readout function but it would have every other feature that kios provide but not readout not not the screen reader yeah very good it's good to kind of talk about some of the other alternatives as well because it's handy for people to to know that there are other options and and even that really that same feature could be possible on other phones at some point it's uh, kind of useful to to know um i noticed in the in the video that you were using um google assistant a little bit there derek i i guess that with the limitations that are on the phone i presume that wouldn't give you the same full functionality as it would on other smartphones would it no, no, it's it's limited from the point of view. I suppose with other smartphones, you could just pick up the phone and say, uh, "Okay, Google, do something." Whereas with with this phone, you actually have to press the button in the middle at the top and hold it for a few seconds, and then that brings you into the uh, Google Assistant, and you press it again, and then you can start talking by asking it to call somebody, or you could do a text message as well, or or you could ask it a question as well, and it'll come back and give you the answer. You know, that's dead handy. Yeah, yeah. So it's good to have that kind of combination of the feedback of speech and the Google Assistant in such a, a cheap phone. It's very good. Um, and some of the apps that you talked about using there, WhatsApp and things like that, um, are most of the kind of commonly used maybe communications apps or most of them available in the iOS store, like WhatsApp, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all those sort of things. Facebook, YouTube uh, are available on it, uh, so they are. And uh, yeah. let's see what else. Google Assist is there. Google Maps, which is quite handy as well, but but they're a limited version of it. Go ahead, John. And unfortunately, because they're third party, they might not have built them with the screen reader in mind. They might not have labelled the buttons and it might not interact with it correctly. So it's very early days in this app. Uh, and it, like for someone who's going to be using the calling features or messaging features, you know, they'll have you know good results. But if you want to get into those apps, your results may vary and that'll improve over time if enough people say, I'm using this phone with readout and I think they should be improved. Yeah, I guess that's the that's the issue with it, isn't it? If if this was like an iPhone or something that was really really widely used, there'd be that almost pressure to make sure development keeps up with popular apps. Imagine we give no imagine we give no feedback to Apple about voiceover. Um, it never would have improved, uh, and basically now the manufacturers don't know about this feature in it, and you know no one's giving feedback. So you know that this this entire feature could disappear, or you know it, it could blossom. We just don't know at the minute. It's very early days in this phone. Here's a question that I think uh, might be a little bit of a difficult one to answer because I think it's a bit of a difficult one to answer with quite a number of technologies. But a question that's just come in there: How effective is it with web pages and? email as well but we could talk about both 
Yeah, I, I, I've used it with a web page there, and I suppose it depends on, on, on the web page and how that's laid out and designed as well. It, it's just a bit slow and, and cumbersome and kind of just you're using the joystick to kind of move down through it. So it wouldn't be as, as we'd say, fast as something with a voiceover on an iPhone or anything like that, you know? So. Okay, so not quite as easy to use for that. Email? Uh, email, I, to be honest, I haven't tested on the email, uh, Daniel. So, okay. Okay. so handy. Handy to kind of have a bit of a, a sense of those anyway, even to know about the, the web pages that you can manage it because it can be kind of notoriously difficult with with uh, accessibility features sometimes depending on the web page. Um, so if we were to kind of sum this up a little bit and we were just to give a bit of a broad, now obviously we can't kind of be prescriptive with this and say that this will suit everybody, but who would really go for this? Would would somebody, for example, if you were already used to a smartphone, would you actually go back to using this? No, I, I don't think you'd go back. Okay. Um, yeah. There, there, there'd be leagues apart. It's like a, a smart Android phone or, or an iPhone is going to be much better if you learn that it's there's steeper learning curves and you get better results but you know this is entry level mm -hmm. it's got tactile yeah. buttons for people who you know just can't can't get on with a using using a touch screen yeah that's it exactly i suppose what i was thinking when i had it here and was using it was like like over the years i would have linked in with different service users that's me i've had a phone themselves for years a nokia or, or some maker model and they were so used to it they knew where all the buttons were and they could use it and they were happy out and then it obviously comes to the end of its life and they have to go and get another one and when they go into the local store or wherever they go they're kind of presented with a, a different phone a touch screen or whatever so and they wouldn't be that comfortable moving on to there so it might be just for somebody who wants a basic phone with buttons that uh, has a bit of the readout function that'll talk back that allows them to make a call, receive a call, send a text, receive a text, check missed calls, and then also give them the option of trying out stuff on Google Assist, you know, uh, without having yeah. to, to break the bank, you know. That's, yeah, that's very good. I see going, yeah. I, th I think it'll also, um, you know, a place, a place, um, you know, if you're if you're, you have your good iPhone XR and you're going off the likes of a festival or a concert or you're going out for, you know, you're going to some event and you say, gosh, I don't want to bring my, you know, 1,000 euros worth of a phone with me. This maybe it's a handy second phone tablet. You can just pop the SIM in and off you go to these events. If you lose it, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I know outside of sight loss, um, people would often buy them for older members of the family because they're left out of WhatsApp groups because everyone's in a family WhatsApp group now or everyone's in some sort of WhatsApp group. And if you bought us for an older member of the family, they're also getting those WhatsApp messages as well as regular text messages. Yeah. But, but in terms of the screen reader interacting with that, it doesn't really match up yet. So for yes. someone who's new to sight loss and is used to the Doro phones and might want menus read aloud to them, it's a good starting point. It's not as good as the blind shell, it's not as good as the mini vision, but it's, you know, it's very, very much cheaper than them. But then as as the lads described there, that 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 price difference can come across in quality though. Yeah. 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 yeah it definitely sounds like a useful phone anyway. It sounds like it's got its kind of niche and that for some people it'll be just right. So thanks very much to the panel there for um, your contributions and thanks as well, uh, Derek, for uh, creating that uh, very useful 
uh, introduction to the CAT B35 video earlier that we were able to enjoy as well. So uh, thanks very much for that. Now, of course, if you'd like any more information about any of the uh, technology subjects that we discuss on our live events, please do uh, get in touch and we'll be happy to help out as well. Now, we're going to move on. Uh, in our show today, we're going to move on to accessible gaming. Now, just a little bit of a, a uh, kind of reminder, a little bit of a heads up on this. Uh, in a moment, we're going to be playing a, a video, just a brief kind of uh, demonstration of an audio game. And uh, we'll, we'll have that coming up in just a couple of minutes time. But if you have a set of headphones, good stereo headphones, uh, it will be handy to have them useful or handy to have them to, to hand and ready to, to use for that demonstration because the stereo element of it is actually something that's quite important. So if you do happen to have a good pair of stereo headphones, uh, you might want to lay your hands on that and uh, plug them in and uh, we'll get to see why that's of use in a moment. Now, maybe um, we could get our, our panel back again and we'll have a little bit of a chat about accessible game. And I don't know how many of how many of you would Call yourself gamers. Any any gamers on the panel? Not since not since I was a young lad, where the games involved jumping over boxes and collecting coins. I, I think I think that's not sophisticated enough for a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the same. Yeah, I'd be about but, the same as well. What was your first gaming experience? I remember um, the ZX eighty one. Anybody ever have the ZX eighty one using games on it? I had the Amstrad CPC 464. It's a very similar. A, 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 the boat used basic and you had to load from games from tape. And, I had a Commodore 64. It was an unusual one. I had a, um, not the cassette now, the, the, the other guy, Cartridge. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was a rare one. You were very fancy. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was what we only dreamed of when we had this. Because <laughs> I, I look, I look at kids now when they're on their, their iPads and their tablets and they're playing games, and it comes on instantly, and then they download a new game next instantly. Yeah. Well, we had to load from cassette, which took an hour and a half for yeah. for, yeah. for a semi decent game. I I had the exact same as you, Sean. I had a, an Amstrad, and uh, loading games like Manic Miner or Gauntlet and. I remember it would take so long with the cassette. I mean, you could put the, you could put the cassette in, and uh, you could, you know you could go off play a game of football, come back, and then you come yeah. back and it'll say uh, you know turn over the cassette and write <laughs> you know part two. So, you know that's if the game worked. <laughs> I had forgotten about that. Yeah. Yeah. Syntax yeah. error in loading your game. <laughs> the sounds of one of those things loading still haunts me. <laughs> Such a screech. Oh man. Anybody ever have one of the, the old Atari consoles? I remember having the oh. Atari 2600. My friend had one. It's <laughs> <That was> absolutely <laughs> huge. You put like three or four laptops together and you pretty much have the Atari which could just about handle, was it Pong? Was that it? Yeah. <laughs> which is which is which, which ties into um, Microsoft Air Hockey later on, which is basically Pong. But the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, like I said, it was huge and it had wood paneling on it. It was like a piece of furniture rather than That's a, right. a games console. <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah, a decoration choice. Yeah. decoration choice. Yeah, yeah. Very, 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 very late seventies, early nineteen eighties. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Didn't even it was or it would ended up in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I don't know about you. I haven't particularly used 
gaming any kind of games console for quite a while i think i think the most recent one i had was the first xbox so that tells you how much into gaming i am <laughs> well outdated with it but um it, it is something that's so big these days i mean even if somebody isn't really into the big immersive games that can last for hours and hours i mean even just the small games on on um smartphones and things like that people are well into it these days aren't they so that, that that's kind of the, the point of like the subject people sort of want to talk about today because whether it's kids or adults like we all know people who are sitting in the, in the back seat of a car or on a bus and just to spend 10 minutes killing time they're sick of reading the newspaper that day to play a five minute game or a 10 minute game whether that's a word-based game whether that's um you know an audio-based game like we discussed now or mm-hmm. n- number-based games whatever whatever the case may be you know sighted people very easily can whittle away five minutes and do those games so there is a market emerging now where there's games built for visually impaired people in mind yeah and it, it just allows you that kind of same thing of like oh well I've got five minutes on 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 this bus. I'm in the, I'm in a car journey for forty five minutes, and you know I might want to play a little game here in the back. And it's just kind of things like that. That's just that everyone else might do, and you might like yeah. or you may not like. It's just yeah, it's, yeah. it's available. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's and that's what we're kind of about, really, is to see what's what's available. When we're talking about games, are are some of these kind of mainstream games are the the big ones? Um, particularly accessible for for people with a vision impairment uh definitely there's major improvements recently for low vision um for the low vision end of it like mm. um so like said you're talking about microsoft and playstation and they're on, on their latest consoles they're adding accessibility features like you can increase the text size you can zoom in on the menus some of the menus now a screen reader will read them and i happened to see a video recently where the latest game which you know it's, it's a it's i think it's called the last of us and this is the second game mm. and this is they have made sure that all parts of that game is accessible from a screen reader point of view now you still need to be low vision enough to play it but anytime text comes on the screen or a menu comes on the screen all of that is read aloud I actually have seen a video of someone who was playing it there recently who has low vision and it does enjoy games and they actually because it was so accessible they got really emotional they actually broke down crying that it was mm-hmm. one of the first games that was completely accessible to, to them now in terms of having no vision those sort of graphical based games still can't be played but yeah oh, that's why there's alternatives emerging and it's very early days in that in that market and i think in two or three years time it's good there could be really complex games for people yeah with any vision but so what are some of those alternatives like we were i think we mentioned already audio games what what's that about so audio games is like where you'd have a like as you mentioned you're on it's best best to have a stereo headset mm. so like you'd be listening for sounds coming from left or right or panning from left to right passing your best bit what would be your peripheral mm. uh, and, kind of, and kind of like a a sound stage kind of thing and like you can react to that as you go like like um there's games like where endless runners where your character basically runs down an endless road yeah so if you heard sound coming from the left hand side you you'd swipe to the right to avoid it okay yeah if you heard sound coming from the right hand side you'd swipe to the left to avoid it there if you heard sound coming from the bottom like where it's panning down lower you can swipe up to jump over an obstacle and 
they're actually quite interesting games and the, you know you can it has yeah. that kind of high score mentality of like well I got 200 last time can I beat that can my friend beat me in that yeah so yeah very good that, that, that's it, where it, the audio end of it would come yeah yeah very good so it it is actually quite an interesting kind of genre of game in itself it's uh it's got kind of a particular skill that's involved with it now probably the best way to let people know what we're talking about here is to actually maybe play a bit of a, a demonstration of of one so just as we're lining up this video we've got a little bit of a video here um just going through the gameplay of a, a game called um microsoft ear hockey so ear e-a-r hockey and uh this this is one that does rely on that idea of the audio feedback that you get in a, in a pair of uh, stereo headphones, as you'll see as we're going through this uh, game. Now, the idea of this as well, as we mentioned earlier, it's a little bit like Pong that was on the old Atari games, kind of like a, a block tennis sort of thing, table tennis perspective, maybe uh, just uh, the concept of the game, if you like. But just have a listen to this and see what see what you think. Okay, so we've already downloaded Microsoft Ear Hockey from the Microsoft Store. And we're just going to start that up in a moment. But just to let you know, right from the start here, that Ear Hockey has its own voice engine. So it's going to be talking back to us as we're going through this. It's not going to be using a separate screen reader. It's not going to be using JAWS or NVDA. Now, they would be working away if I leave them on. And I'd end up with two voices. So I'm not going to use a separate screen reader here. I'm just going to let the game talk back to us so that we get a clear idea of, uh, of what's happening in the game. We're not having to listen to two voices. Um, of course, if you want to start off this game uh, and using your uh, screen reader, you can go ahead and do that the same way as usual. You can go to your start menu, you can type in your hockey press enter and it'll start up for you and you could turn off your screen reader at that point. But I'm just going to start this up now and uh, we'll, we'll just get the opening uh, screen here and you'll hear that coming in. This is an audio based game and is better enjoyed with headphones. Okay, so you've heard there that we're on the main menu and we can use the up and down arrow key to move us through that menu. Just a quick note, you will have heard in the intro there that it said this, this game is best enjoyed using headphones. The reason for that is that you're actually using the stereo aspect of the headphones. So in a moment, when we're hearing uh, sounds, we will hear sounds either to the left or to the right, and that will help us in our gameplay. The whole idea of this game is that you've got like a, a paddle or a bat that you're going to hit a ball with, and you're going to choose which direction you move that bat based on the sound, whether you're hearing the sound in your left ear or your right ear. So you need to have stereo headphones to be able to hear that properly. Now, just before we uh, give you a tutorial, let's just go up and down through the main menu. She said that I can use the up and down arrows here. So we're on one player menu at the moment. So let's press down. Player menu. So we have two player menu, down again. Tutorial. We have a tutorial. We're going to go into that in a second, but I'll just press down one more time. Exit. Exit is the last option on this main menu. 
So let's go back up using the up directional key to tutorial. And we'll go into that using the enter key. Tutorial. And the enter. Tutorial. During certain parts of the tutorial, you will be locked in place. If you wish to quit the tutorial at any point, press the backspace key. You are a paddle placed on one end of a rectangular court. There is a ball at the center of the court. Listen to how the sound changes when the ball approaches you. Press the space bar to launch the ball towards you. So there's the description of the game. It's telling us that to start us off, we just need to use the space bar. So that's all I'm going to do. Good job. This sound means you've hit the ball and it has bounced away from you. Now the ball will approach you to the right. Using the left and right arrow keys, move toward the right side of the court. So again, nice and easy instructions. I'm just going to move towards the right-hand side of the court using the right direction. Good job. You are in front of the ball. The ball will now be launched towards you. Next, the ball will approach all the way to the right. Move to the right until you hit the sidewall. So we keep moving to the right now. The point of this is just to hear the audio feedback as we hit the very right wall. This sound means you've hit the sidewall and can't go any farther in that direction. The ball will now be launched towards you. Now, move back toward the center line of the court where you started. So again, listen for the audio feedback as I move back to the center of the court. So obviously, from all the way to the right, I need to use the left direction key to move back. This sound means you've crossed the center line of the court. If you hit the ball slightly off of center, it will rebound at an angle. Sometimes the ball will approach you at an angle as well. Press the space bar to launch the ball at an angle. So let's follow that instruction. Press space. This sound means the ball has hit the sidewall and rebounded. If the ball was approaching you to the left, it will now be moving to the right and vice versa. Press the space bar to make the ball continue on its current path. This sound means the ball has moved to the other side of the court and has been hit by your opponent. This sends the ball towards your side again. You and your opponent will hit the ball back and forth until one player misses the ball, which will score a point for the other player. When a point is scored, gameplay stops and the ball is reset. Press the space bar to play against the AI opponent. So that's basically it. We've got our main controls here. The controls are easy enough, just using space and the direction arrows. The feedback that we're getting is the important part, uh, the audio feedback, the different sounds once we hit the side of the court once we hit the middle of the court or else the ball either hits our bat, the opponent's bat or the side of the court. So we've got a number of different sounds that give us that feedback. So after going through that tutorial, we have this option to go and uh, play an AI, an artificial intelligence uh, opponent. So let's try that AI opponent. Uh, we'll press the space bar. Press the space bar to launch the ball towards you. And we'll follow the normal instructions now, pressing the space bar and moving with the left and right direction keys.
Good job. You got a point. Press the space bar to play again. Or press the backspace key to return to the main menu. So again, you're hearing all the feedback as it goes back and forth until you hear them. same instructions again so we we're always reminded of how we can move through the main menu now we've uh, had a look at the tutorial let's just have a brief look at the two player menu so i'm going to use the down key two player menu two player menu use the up and down arrow keys to highlight menu options press the space bar to select find an online match so this is the two-player menu that it's bringing us through here. Now there's a few different options here with the two-player menu. I'll just let you hear those as I go down through them. So she read it, find an online match is the first one. Play with a friend. So you have an option to play against a friend. Settings. That's settings. Main menu. And then main menu would bring you back to where we were before. So let's just go through those options again. Find an online match. Play find an online match. That means basically that we will play a match against somebody that we don't actually know. And they're not an artificial intelligence, it's not like the game we've just played. It is a real person. It's playing over the internet. So going into that would automatically find an online match you can play again. Now the second option here, if I press down, play with a friend. Instead of this being a stranger now, instead of it being somebody we don't know on the internet, we can actually play against somebody we do know. So we can create a match here and uh, directly connect with a friend. So let's go into that. I'm going to press the space bar here. Create a match. And then we have a menu here to play against a friend. And we have just three options on this menu. So I'll let you hear that. She's already said create a match. If I press down here. Join a match. Join a match and then. Two player menu. Two player menu. Now the last option on these menus usually links you back just where you were before. So when it says two player menu, it's just bringing you back to the last screen menu. So that leaves us with just create a match and join a match. Basically, they're two sides of the same coin. So if I create a match, my friend can join the match, okay? Or if my friend creates a match, I can join the match that they've created. So that's the two options that we have here. Let's just show you how you would do this. If I go into create a match, so I'll just go back up. Join a match, create a match. And this time I'm gonna press enter to create a match. 
match created. Your pin is 4086. Your friend can use this pin to connect with you. Reread pin. So the pin number that was read out there, 4086, that's the pin that I would now just maybe text to my friend, pass them on somehow this pin number, 4086, and they would be able to use that pin to be able to join this same match. They would do that by going to join a match. So a moment ago we went to create a match, but we said there was another option, join a match. Well, they would go to join a match and enter in this pin that we've just had, 4086. Now, if we've heard it once, but we've just kind of forgotten it, we didn't quite catch it. We've got the option here of rereading the pin. So I'll press enter on that. And it'll reread it for us, just so that we can make sure that we can do it. Now, I'm going to go back to the previous menu. Player menu. A connection could not be established. Two-player menu. And again, I'm going to go back. To highlight menu options. Press the space bar to select. So we've already gone through these options, so I'm going to go back, and I'm going to use the backspace this time. Main menu. Use the up and down arrow keys to highlight menu options. So the useful thing with this is that backspace will bring me back through the menus. Uh, and I can also use when I'm selecting one of these options, it's either space, which she mentions, or generally speaking, when I get onto an option that I want to activate, I can also use the enter key. So I'm just going to go through a very quick one player menu. I've gone through the other options here, and I'm just going to go through the one player menu. One player menu. Use the up and down arrow keys to highlight menu options. Press the space bar to select. During gameplay, the visual display will be off by default. To turn it on, go to the settings menu. Start game. So just what she's mentioned here, uh, that the visual display will be off. So in a moment, I'm just going to start the game here. All the visual display will completely disappear. And really, that's the point of this game, is that you're using your ears, the sounds, to be able to play the game. And you're not relying on, on visual feedback at all. So I'm going to leave that that way, uh, just to give a proper sense of the gameplay here. Um, but if you wanted to turn the, the uh, the graphics back on and uh, the visual side of things back on. You can go into the settings and change that. Settings is just press down once here. Settings. And there's settings that can go into that by pressing enter. We're not going to do that at the moment because we want to just get proper gameplay experience. So I'm going to go to start game. Start game. And press space. Zero, zero. The first player to score seven points wins the game. Press the space bar to launch the ball towards you. The ball will be launched toward the player who lost the previous point. So let's just play a couple of points here just to give you a sense of this. And again, you'll get the best kind of sense of this if you're using headphones. So let's just go ahead and launch the ball using space. One zero. You are in the lead. Press the space bar to launch the ball. So again, press the space bar. One one. The game is tied. Press the space 
anyway, a little bit tricky here because you're trying not to really hit the ball just pure center. You want to hit it slightly off to the side to give an angle to the uh, and it can get a little bit of getting used to it. it can take a little bit of getting used to it. One, two, your opponent is in the lead. Press the space bar to launch the ball. here I can either backspace and go back through the menus or what I'm going to do at the moment is I'm going to press escape. Are you sure you want to quit the game? Quit the game. Which allows me to quit the game or else I can, if it was a mistake, I can press play. Keep playing. And keep playing but I'm going to quit, quit the, the game. game so that gives a sense of what Microsoft Ear Hockey is all about. It's really trying to make sure that your gameplay just relies on the audio feedback that you get back through a pair of stereo headphones. You can use your directional keys. Very good. So that gives a bit of a sense of uh, Microsoft Ear Hockey. So hopefully you were able to get a bit of a sense of that if you had headphones on now. Um, it may not have come through on on Teams. We know that when we were testing it earlier, it was coming through uh, in stereo. So yeah, hopefully well, you had an experience of that. Yeah, like when, you, when you're playing it by, uh, through your own earphones, it's very balanced and uh, the sound comes mm. through very clean, I think. Because we're streaming over the net and compressing it through for Teams, it kind of removes some of that stereo sound. Yes, yeah. Okay. But definitely, if you so try if you it. Yeah. So if somebody didn't hear it over this, uh, do try it out. It's uh, it's well worth a, a try. Um, I would imagine. Did does the quality of the headphones make much difference there, Sean? No. Um. Um. Like any any headphones will will work. Um. Mm. Better the headphones, the bigger sound stage you will get. But I mean, like mo most headphones with stereo, you're going to hear the sound in one rather than the other, or a combination for that for that panning effect. Yeah. I mean, but that okay. but that is, that that is a quite a simple pong-based game where you are listening for the ball coming at you. You're moving your paddle towards it. If you hear it bouncing off a wall, you might have to move it in another direction. So you're you are you are following following the sound. But definitely audio cues all the time. Oh, always audio cues. Yeah, yeah, very good. And that's um, that's quite a good one just to get a feel of what we're talking about when we're mentioning audio games. But there are other ones out there, um, other specific games that are out there that are specifically designed with blind users in mind. W would there be any other ones that you'd kind of recommend people trying? Well, I, I do think the, the audio ones are very good. I mean, I, I was playing that game Fear, F-E-E-R. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's like where you're running down and you have to watch out for obstacles and you listen for, uh, uh, you know, something attacking you from one side and you swipe to the other. So that, that is quite good. But um, I know like te text adventure games used to be popular in the late 80s, early 90s, where it was like a role playing game where it would give you information on the screen. Yeah. And then you would sort of, you know, 
type in an action to see how that would you know what what would come of that and those sort of games have are available now on things like uh, your Am- your amazon device very good so like on echo you can play like those role-playing games those action adventure games and i believe there's even one um called um baker street experience on on the echo where it's like a mixture of a radio, an interactive radio play where it's a Sherlock Holmes mystery where it acts out part of the mystery and then you choose what happens next. So you sort of control how the story yeah. progresses and whether you solve the crime or don't solve the crime. And there's all sorts of sort of games like that there. Do you know, I remember games like that on the uh, on the Spectrum when we had a Spectrum. I remember those kind of text-based games. So you're saying that basically we were way ahead of our time back then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now, now, now the text-based games have become audio-based games where, yeah. like you said, um, there's all Alexa is full of them. There's all sorts of games where you can you can uh, have these adventures on or mystery games where you have to solve the mystery by interacting with the actual Alexa device. Yeah, yeah, very good. Any any other ones that you'd you'd mention? Any other ones that maybe the rest of the panel have heard of? A few suggestions for the smart speaker would be yeah. um, ones like there's a Magic Door, which is a very good interactive adventure game. It's available on your Echo and Google Home, depending on which smart speaker you have. Uh, so that's kind of like it's kind of like um you know like adventure games where you you have different um you know scenarios you can choose to you know go into a forest or sea or whatever it is and and you, you solve riddles that that's the idea behind that probably more suited to kind of younger younger people um yeah. it's also a good 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 to try on your smart speaker it's a song quiz um so it just plays um a song and you have to guess the title and the artist but it goes to different genres as well it goes through um you know you get 60s or 70s. 80s music that kind of thing and then it's yeah. a very good one it's called Alchemator as well uh, Alchemator if I pronounce that right and um and this is that you, you think of a celebrity in your head and then uh, your Amazon Echo will ask ask you questions uh, to see if it can guess that person. And the idea, is that you, the idea with this is that it'll get it in hopefully under 20 questions. So it's a good one to try. It's, it's a bit of fun. But that's oh, actually a good like parlor type game, isn't it? That, um... Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I know we, we do have on our weekly newsletter, we do try to include kind of tips, uh, to try, things to do uh, to try on, your, on your Amazon Echo or Google Home, but we often have games included. So you check that out as well. Well, um, yeah. would you be able to give us a demonstration of that, JP? Yeah, you know what, well, I might, might be able to. I have a Amazon Echo here, um, so I could try it. She's, she's never far away. <laughs> this is Alchemator, and it's a free game that's available on your Amazon Echo. So I'm going to think of a celebrity. Well, I think I'll think of um, the president of America. I think of Donald this Trump. This is dangerous stuff here. Dude. Yeah, yeah, controversial here, isn't it? <laughs> so let's just see how it goes. Um, okay, so I'm going to say. Alexa, play Alchemator. Hi, I'm Alchemator. I can read your mind. Think of a character. I will try to guess it. Are you ready? Yes. Is your character a girl? No. Is your character over 27 years old? Yes. Is your character American? Yes. Has your character really existed? Yes. Well, well. Is your character an actor? No. Is your character black? No. Is your character a YouTuber? No. 
Well, well. Has your character been the president of the country? Yes. Huh. Does your character want to build a wall? Yes, he does. Okay. Is your character the oldest amongst their siblings? Yes. I guess that you are thinking of Donald Trump Jr. Am I right? Yes. Yes, I guess right. Do you want to play again? No. Thanks for playing. Oh, there we go. Well, well. Well, well. <laughs> There's little colloquial, colloquialisms in there. Um, <laughs> so we'll grab it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the end, you can have you can have a bit of fun with these kind of games. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't, yeah. It didn't take like too many guesses. Some of the quizzes <laughs> on the likes of your Google Home and Alexa, you know, they can be quite good as well. Um, you know, particularly maybe if you have a small group of people around now that we are slightly more um, unrestricted in our COVID nineteen days. Yeah, I I, re I really like the quiz one on uh, on the on the Google Assistant where she pretends to be a quiz show host and <laughs> I actually think it's actually done quite well. It's very it's actually very yeah. funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like there's a fair few options out there. Obviously, it's like there's a there's a way for it to go still, but yeah. the, there's yeah. actually a few options there already. Like like in ter in terms of uh, low vision, like they're always going to be improving. You know, larger screens, putting in screen readers, voicing menus for those graphical based games. But mm. for for games with uh, for people with no sight, um, like where you are sort of, you know, there's audio based games. There's these text adventures. There's number based games, or there's word games. Uh, so I think like, they all sort of need to be combined into different. You know, like part of it could be an audio bit and then you have to answer a question and a part of it could be you know a number riddle or a part of it could be you choose what happens next and then have to play a bit using the sound yeah um because there's, there's there's even games where like, like there's there's a blind there's a blind assassin it's called jp or uh, blind assassin yeah it's, it's very good i haven't tried it now myself but it's, yeah I, I, I tried that a few years ago and it's same thing. you'd wear you'd wear earphones and it would create that you know sort of 3d sound and yeah. uh, I think your daughter leads you on an adventure. Your swordsman has lost his sight. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That's and then when one. you hear people attacking you, it comes from a certain uh, that's site. Right. Is it a blind yeah. legend, John? By any chance? Blind legend. That's what. Yeah, yeah. I figure as you're describing it. Yeah, I was trying that actually over the last couple of days. It is very good. And uh, like like that, you you are. I think you, you're you're. I think the idea behind this game is that you're. I think this it's a blind knight and set back in the 1300s. His wife is captured and his daughter is trying to lead the knight who's blind to to the wife. So you're following the daughter with kind of swipes on your screen. So actually, as, as I was playing it there the last, I was playing it there the last day or two just just um, to see what it was the game was like. Because so there's a lot a lot of hype about it. And uh, I have to say, it is like it's kind of addictive. Actually, you kind of get into it, and suddenly, you know, a half hour goes by, and you're, and you're there on your on your phone. There's, there's no visual at all on this with this game, but it's just very addictive. Yeah, I was there, with my earphones on, and just just playing away. And it doesn't use it's both voice over here. Yeah, there's a fair variety of different types. So, if we were kind of revisiting this conversation in five, ten years' time, like what what does the future of audio gaming look like as far as you can see yourselves or what would you kind of imagine it to be 
but it would, it, would, it would have to become a bit more complex like the games now are quite simple so that's why i think like com- combining the different types of games you can have into a bigger adventure because yes. uh, yeah. at the minute like with, with, the, with the with that one there you're you're you're, you're just walking through and you're you know, sort of attacking people with your sword if and when needs be. Other games is just like you're, you know, you're answering questions, and other games is like just listening out for sound cues. I think when you start combining them into like a bigger game, it offers game developers more of a platform to give you more, you know, of a variety of, in terms of the type of game they can give you. Yeah, interesting. So in a way, we're kind of we're almost at that point of the the old spectrums and Amstrads and things like that, where they were in gaming terms and where they've come to now. Exactly. Kind of mm-hmm. grown and built and in complexity and everything. So similar sort of path, you reckon? Mm-hmm. I think I think so. Because I mean, if Microsoft Air Hockey there is basically Pong, and how yeah. far those games have come. I mean, it just takes clever developers and people with good ideas to kind of implement that in an interesting way that people haven't thought of before yeah. and unfortunately because of the limitations of teams here we we weren't able to give you that in full stereo so we do recommend people like you know try and you know look up audio games try them on try them on your phone put in a pair of earphones you know go onto your laptop and download um microsoft ear hockey yes. and uh, give yeah. it a go like the interesting thing Oh, sorry, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, just on the ear hockey, um, there that, that was all controlled by keyboard and the arrows. Yeah. And if somebody, I'm just thinking out of the box here, maybe somebody had, um, you know, a USB uh, gamepad or something like that. I wonder how would it would it sync up with that? Well, there's no reason why there's no reason why it why it couldn't. It may not be implemented yet, but I mean that's the kind of feedback these developers want. And the thing yeah. the thing about Microsoft Air Hockey, it was developed in Microsoft Garage. Mm-hmm. So Microsoft Garage is like if you work a forty hour week, they say that you can put five hours a week towards your own projects. Yeah. Uh, kind of your, your kind of own innovations, and that's where Microsoft Garage is where seeing AI came from. Yeah. Are you sure so, now it's Microsoft Garage? I'm sure I heard Microsoft Garage. Oh, Garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Gar- yeah. Garage band or Garage band. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is interesting just to kind of think about where where it could be. And it's kind of one of those watch this space things, isn't it? Because it's, yes. it's interesting what's there at the moment, but it's going to get better. Yeah, I, th- I think it's quite interesting that Microsoft Garage has uh, the people have spent their time developing Seeing AI. Another group has developed, um, you know, Microsoft Hockey. So they are the people are taking their time out and they're, they are coming up with innovations and different things for for the sight loss community. And I think that's that's a great thing. So and to be fair, it's decent stuff too, isn't it, Sean? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. but they're always looking for feedback. I mean, that's what, if you got that ear hockey game and like as you said Daniel maybe that works better with um, a controller tell mm-hmm. them that they should have a controller uh, access if you think that you should be able to turn the music off while you're playing the game that's another thing if you think you know everyone wants feedback on what they're doing and everything gets better with feedback if we just let this stuff kind of sit there and, and not use it at all it will never improve Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. Very I think that's point. a good kind of takeaway point from the whole show, to be honest, because you mentioned that earlier with the um, the readout feature on the the iOS. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, like, like if you like that, it's it's good to say if you if you think an app isn't working or you think a website isn't working, and like you know why the website isn't working because things aren't labeled. I mean, you can send them a message and say, you know, this is how you improve it, and this is why I need it improved. Yeah. If no one, if no one's told, they don't know to improve it. Yeah, very good. Well, it's been interesting just to chat about that, and uh, certainly we've had a, a bit of a, a an enjoyable time ourselves in testing out some of the, the games for this this one. And, so it's kind I know, of, sorry, uh, you quit there when you got to a draw match, Jude. Say it again. You quit the game when you just got to draw a match. <laughs> it's, it's like the end. It's like the end in Rocky too. No, nobody knows who won in the fight. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I really wanted to say I'll quit when I'm ahead, but I just didn't really get there, so <laughs> I couldn't. It was going to go on another twenty minutes, I think, if I was to wait for that. So. When you're when you're from Mayo, I think a draw is as good as a win. <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> on that note, I'm man. I'm glad that Brian isn't here. I'd never be able to. I'd never be able to cope. Very good. So we'll, <laughs> I think we'll we'll leave it there. That, that is definitely the, the point where we should leave this conversation alone. <laughs> and uh, thanks very much to our panel for uh, contributing to, to both sections today on the Cat B35 phone and for our accessible gaming. And of course, a reminder that if you want to get any technical support um, for any of the technology we feature on the show, please do contact our technology support line, 9 to 5, Monday to Friday on 1850 or you can email labs at ncbi.ie. And of course, if you want broader support from NCBI, you can contact our national helpline on 1850 334353. That's 1850 33343. Or you can email info at ncbi.ie. And of course, if you'd like to support us, you can do that as well as donate.ncbi.ie. You can visit that website, donate.ncbi.ie. Or you can even sponsor one of our live events by emailing the, the labs email here, labs at ncbi.ie. Well, that about wraps it up for today, but we're back again next week. And a big part of next week's show is an interview with Jennifer Helian, how technology has helped her throughout her life, both in school and in college and in the work environment as well. And kind of tied into that, we're, we're going to be talking about technology in the workplace. Maybe you might feel a little bit worried about the challenges that a vision impairment might bring in the work, workplace. Well, we'll talk about that as well. That's all in our, our show next week. So we look forward to having you back for our next live event. So all that's left for me to do is thank once again our con contributors and our panelists today and to those who are working behind the scenes to, to uh, look after technical aspects of the show as well. And we look forward to joining everybody again next week for the next NCBI Labs live event.